Welcome to another episode of Coffee Sometimes. How many of these have we done, do you think? 100 episodes? 102. Yeah. Of mainline Coffee Sometimes, 63. 63. Oh, you know. This is the 63rd. Welcome episode. to episode 63 of Coffee Sometimes, where you get some quality time and quality insights and laughs from Ethan Rivers, Riley Westbrook, and Ross Walters of Valor Coffee here in Metro Atlanta, Georgia, the best place on earth. <laughs> what? Why'd you laugh? None better. What's wrong with you? No, it's awesome. We're going to be talking about chapter 14 of Unreasonable Hospitality, an impactful, insightful incredulous book encouraging encouraging yes <laughs> i'm encouraged for uh, this. no cap though it's been awesome yeah no it's printer been man putting some uh some, I love when things are awesome yeah think it's wind is in my it's sails better uh and we're going to be talking about a a juicy topic out there that uh and, and the topic is should you hire your spouse <gasps> or should you start a business with, with your spouse, spouse. uh oh, specifically in the coffee industry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's niche. Uh, not really, but really, because that's our our experience, and I'm sure it applies to every industry. Uh, Easy. But why don't we get some coffee brewing first? Oh, thank Ooh, goodness. What do you guys think? I thought you yeah. would never ask. Part of uh, working at a coffee roastery is you just have random bags of coffee laying around. And it has like Uh-oh. sharpied on them Kenya test batch <laughs> in a date. And that's what we're going to be brewing. And I guess we'll we'll follow up with Sam, our lead roaster, after to be like, what did we just drink? And give you our honest feedback. Is that is that a good move? Or This is the Kenya test batch right this here? This is the Kenya test batch. Do you know about it? Uh, listen, he tells me about a lot of test things. Yeah, and as I, he should. I'm always at the cupping table, and it's like he prints. He he goes so much further than I ever did, and it's great. He like prints out the curves and like puts them on the table. Yeah, yeah. And it was probably one of those. That's did, good stuff. Did it have a number on it? Did the did the bag have a number? Like a sample number? Yeah, kind of I don't think so. Oh, if it did, I would have been able to pull up the curb, the curb, the, the curve. curve. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so we're going to be brewing this on the fellow Stag <laughs> XF Pro Studio uh, brewer. Dude, you never... Do you get the funnel thing? I feel like... Do you use that? Well, ideally, but I just forgot it this time. Oops. Oops. Um, but yeah, let's get this thing brewing. Boys, I bought one of those for home. Did I tell you? No. No? I've been using it every day. How much does it run you? This little What's metal you- cup. How much do you think that the metal cup and carafe is retail? Dude. 85. Oh, under or over? 85. It's not over, so you win. I don't know, man. I would say... I wanted to say $85. Is that exactly what you said? Yeah. Crap. Uh, 102. $99. Oh! Oh, I win. Well, you went over like prices right rules. You lost. Ouch. What? It's yeah, got to be heavy on you. Uh, so congrats, Ross. You won. Thank you. Do I win this brewer? <laughs> oh, uh, dude, that's steep. You can use it here every Tuesday on coffee sometimes. Okay. That's the yeah, only time? Uh, I bought it wholesale. Let's be real here. And it was like 59. Good on you. Son. Which 59. That should be the price. That's worth be. it. Because the carafe is awesome. It has a lid, too. So even when I brew, like, origami. No, dude. 
the carafe is not awesome. Do you not remember? It spills. That it doesn't even pour? Either they changed it or mine is different. And mine doesn't spill ever. Ever? Ever. Ever. You see? <laughs> yeah. Case in point. Case in point. You guys met Case in Point before? <sighs> guys, great. we, I don't know if you remember this, but we recently hosted quite the event at our Dunwoody Cafe. Oh. Wow. Our third barista party or our fourth? I think it's our third. Uh, third. Third. Yeah. yeah. We had our first two at the HQ uh, here at the Roastery because it's the biggest uh, you know, room that we have. And to kick off Dunwoody's opening, we thought we'd have it there. And it's just, it was a, an especially good place to, ho- to hold a latte art throwdown. Mm. <laughs> mm. Did we do that at the same time? Really? I couldn't even tell. Maybe my voice just split into two. Could, could be. Who knows? Mm. Dude, you're like Jeff Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways. That's um, the... But, Thank you. man... Uh, on our our base camp, which is our communication software in our company, Mikey, who is the head coach of our Dunwoody Cafe and the lead organizer of this event, said that was one of the best nights of my career. And I would have to agree. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, it was. I just had a ball, hmm. and it was not only just fun in the moment, but it was fulfilling. Focused. Mm. It felt like we were really contributing a lot of good to our industry. And just to, to everyone that came, I, I feel like so many people left edified and mm. encouraged. And they let us know. And they it. let us know. People, uh, people talking on the gram. There's some chatter. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people took really awesome pictures. Ooh, I bet that felt good for you. That, that as, soon as, I, as soon as I saw three people walk in with mirrorless or dslr cameras i was like you were like holy crap i put my camera <laughs> in the back and i being being completely serious that's awesome yeah it was great and you just were confident that you could get a hold of those yeah one of them was eugene from atlanta coffee shops awesome dude a great dude and does some awesome work for the coffee community and yeah so he took some awesome pictures and i just hit him up and he sent me like the full res images and everything so did you ask for the raw files so you could edit them <laughs> i would never ever do that ever so no i did not i, I think my favorite part about the event oh i have so many favorite parts of the event but the one that was really sending me uh during the event was how how little i did in creating this event Mm. And I'm not saying that from the perspective that I got to be lazy, but just from the perspective that it the event was pulled off so well and it was pulled off by our team. And um, we went out for beers afterward. For beer. Uh, we went out for beer. And uh, I was telling everybody how how touched I was by watching the knee-jerk reaction to be hospitable and loving to all the people that were there. Mm-hmm. And in Valor, we always tell our employees like an orientation that we want them to feel like hosts in our space. We want our pit crew to host the people that uh, come into the cafes. And that was on display in a way that I have never really seen before because there are so many people there. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think? 400. 
Uh, I would say 125 is my guess. It was lively. It was packed. And uh, our team is, I mean, we have, how many people do we have now? Like under 30, right? Yeah, 25. 25. That, that was like in that number. I just keep saying 25. It's a good number, man. Hey, real quick, unrelated. What's 30 times 16? Oh, it's uh, 480. Cool. Um, I knew that too. Just seeing our team own that space and even people that work at Alpharetta that are not super familiar with the actual, you know, building at Dunwoody, mm-hmm. uh, just opening doors for people, answering questions. Um, it, it's, it's truly, I was so proud and touched and, uh, I hope everyone that came had an awesome time. Yeah. Agreed. <clears throat> it was definitely one of the more memorable moments. Um, my favorite of those barista parties so far. Definitely. For sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying the other ones haven't been awesome because they have. Well, of course. But uh, like but of course. speaking of Atlanta coffee shops, like in their write-up of the event, one of the things he said was like props to Valor for putting on such like a well-organized event that like flowed really well. And that was the thing that really made me happy. That tickled that tickled your yeah. fancy. It was it was like we were on time with everything. Yeah. Uh, and then like going to the next thing felt really seamless Mm -hmm. and that was cool. Yeah. Shout out to Mikey and Paul for making that happen. Mm. And I don't want to flex, but like we, first of all, I've never been to a coffee event that was that awesome. Yeah. That's just the truth. Well, mainly because we we had free food and free cocktails. Yeah. And that was the whole point. It's like, we want to do things to the best of our ability. We want to bless people. So let's blow some money on this thing. And we did. Yeah. We made a Paloma, a frozen Paloma. It wasn't as good as the one we had on the trip. It wasn't. It also wasn't a Mezcal Paloma. It was just a tequila. And then we also made a Mojito. Uh, and they, I, we didn't really make enough of them. They went. Dude, they went. you filled up both of the slushy tanks. Yeah. That was that's crazy. all I could do. And, all you could do. and then we made what we had, which yeah. was uh, <laughs> rum and coke, which is fun. Rum and hipster coke, Fentimins. Yeah, shout out to Nick and Ariel for running the bar. That was Ethan, awesome. Yeah, what was the panel like for you? Because you were on the panel, and just for listeners that may not know, we had a panel of industry professionals, uh, not just the coffee industry but the just hospitality and and guest experience overall uh just people that we've made personal connections with over the years that we have reaped the benefits of their work so we had my mom karen walters who was on this program who uh was part of assembling the hospitality team for the mercedes-benz stadium with the atlanta falcons we had jp mckenzie who we've talked about a lot on this program uh, he's been on the program. He's been on the program. Linked above. Ooh, linked above. Oh, Karen has too. I know. Linked I said above. That. Um, owner of Meadowlark Cop Coffee in Gainesville, uh, which every time I go there, I, it's always such a warm welcome and experience. Hmm. We had Ford Fry, uh, seven-time James Beard Award winner. Was Nominee. it seven? Nominee. Yeah. Okay. And five, but. So I just really got that wrong. No, hey, I I just wanted to get it straight. Yeah, it's great. I think his restaurants speak larger volumes than his award nominations. 
I I would tend to agree there. Uh, basically, just our favorite, some of our favorite restaurants in Atlanta. He he's behind those. Uh, Danny Meyer of the South is what I like to call him. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Southern Danny. Uh, and then we also had Ethan and uh, and my favorite bartender in the world, Alec Bales of Ticonderoga Club, Jimbo. which is the best the best bar in America, in my opinion, and Esquire's friendliest bar. I believe if I'm not getting that wrong too, um, but we, you know, we had Esquire. It's just such a funny <laughs> thing to say. Esquire? Dude, come on. You know what that is. I know. Um, we had so many unique perspectives coming from different angles on this one topic, which was guest experience. Uh, and so many amazing things were said, but Ethan, what was that experience like for you? Dude, I do have a regret that we didn't like record it proper and just post it out there for the world. But oh yeah, like on our YouTube channel, and like yeah. using podcast mics or something. Yeah, that would have been honestly probably worth the effort and not too incredibly hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought about it I, literally right before we started, like walking to the area we were talking. I was like, we you, have a whole podcast studio. <laughs> I'm like, we have that. I'm like, do you want to just record it on your phone or something? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I haven't. Lo- I haven't watched back. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, you've got a nice phone. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to iPhones. It's an Apple. Yeah. We love Apple. But yeah, what was it like for you, buddy? It was awesome. Um, definitely out of my league. There's some those people are all deep inspirations to us and it was cool. We didn't like cook it up this way, but I I got to say it while we were up there, but like in each of their fields, they were really the first people for I think most of us, but definitely me that really inspired me and met me with humility and love in the respective industry, whether that was the bar industry, the business industry from Karen, the coffee industry from JP, and the restaurant industry from uh, Ford. Um, and so it's just so touching to be with them all together. Um, honestly, the the showstopper to me was Lillaby moderating the whole event. Yeah, kind of asking people questions, fielding stuff from the crowd. Um, we just threw her into it. Oh my too. gosh! Yeah, yeah, and she really steered the conversation um, with with wisdom and poise, and it was it was awesome. And Mikey was helping her as well as she was going through like submitted questions that she had people write beforehand, and was kind of feeding that to Lilby. So they they made it awesome. Um, but it was fun. I I wasn't like nervous nervous but i was like i'm a little nervous yeah it's like there's like yeah 100 some odd people just like crammed into a coffee shop i'm sitting next to people that are super qualified and i'm just like all right good but the cool thing was and uh i was like man i can really just say the stuff that we say in our company internally all the time yeah you know it's not i think i it's probably like the 5 minutes in i was like oh i don't really have to make original Ethan brain content. Because you already did. (laughs) Hey, because we already did together. Yeah. And what we're talking about, like our whole company is predicated on the guest experience and like Mm -hmm. making amazing guest experience. So which is why you were on the panel. Yeah. Makes sense. So I think once I kind of got over that mental hurdle of like this isn't about me coming up with crazy unique stuff, but it's just using what 
we've talked about already for and sharing it with people that haven't heard it yet. I'm like, this is a great honor, great responsibility, privilege, pleasure. Anything else? Um, anything else? It was fun. I uh, accidentally nicked my leg and I started bleeding down my leg. I was like, but it was awesome. Collateral damage. Yeah, collateral damage for sure. So that was really cool. That was the coolest part. Um, yeah, I, it was awesome. I maybe we can do something with a video or something and share it with anybody that's interested. But it was like a it was a very surreal moment. It was it was uh, it was cool. Mm. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast so far, why don't you go ahead and like and subscribe and comment your favorite party you've ever been to. Dude, you said uh, one of the best nights in your career. Yeah. What else comes to mind for you guys? For the best, the best party we've ever been to? For one of the best nights in, or days, nights in your oh. careers. Man, I, I, I think about the, the times that we were at like wits end, no energy, just absolutely zonked. Uh, opening the Alpharetta Cafe mm. uh, just late into the night. Honestly, and Roy, one of our business mentor- mentors always tells us this, but like he just says the most old man thing ever, which is the, like these times right now where you're like grinding and you're not seeing the results you fully want, like these are going to be the best times that you'll ever have. Mm-hmm. And that is true. I don't know fully why that's true. Uh, I guess just it shows like what we value as humans. Um, but when we were doing the backsplash, <laughs> like I guess I guess part of that is it's just more memorable because it was out of our normal rhythms. Yeah. But you know it's like one a.m. and we're we're in the cafe like you know knee deep in grout. And like dudes are catcalling us out on the street. Things are getting weird. <laughs> Alfreda gets freaky. <laughs> Late. Past midnight. It was um, th- those are a few that come to mind. I think just uh, the beauty of of hard work and brotherhood, com- camaraderie. Uh, that that's a really powerful f- thing for me. Mm. Yeah, I remember him saying that too. It was along the. I I think maybe the spirit of it was uh, more about the season of life as well. Yeah. In that, like you know, enjoy these times because you're never going to have it again. And it's true. It's like even if we wanted to go back and grind like that for the 70, 75 hours a week, like we've got families now, you know? Yep. And so it makes it a little bit different. And families are awesome and even better than work. But, um, <laughs> big time. But yeah, it's that's definitely something to know. Yeah. I, people always ask, you know, like what's it what's Riley, it like? How do you do it? How do you do it all? <laughs> I'm being serious when I say this. People are always like, What's it like to, you know, have your own business and it's like it's growing? And I'm like and I, I try to think of like the kindest way possible to say it doesn't feel like anything. It just feels a lot of times it I I'm extremely, extremely blessed. A lot of time it feels like work. And I think the more I, I want to hold on to that feeling of of the the bliss of finally opening the doors of Alpharetta because that's the most memorable moment for me as well because it was the largest single step we've ever taken. But I felt that a little bit less 
when we did when we opened HQ. It was more of like convenience. Yeah. That was really there. And I was like, oh, everything about my life is more convenient now. That was like the big theme. Mm. And then with Dunwoody, it, again, way more exciting. We have such an amazing cafe there. Um, but it was more of like, okay, I know how, I know, know how to do this thing. Like, we've done this before. Mm-hmm. Let's Let's do this. And... I don't know if you guys can relate to that at all. Well, I think when you're taking such a big financial step involving so many people's livelihoods, like including your own, it's it's very sobering. And we as leaders and as the ones that are making those decisions have to be really level-headed about it and not get caught up in the emotion yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Um and and we've done that a lot over the years of like we have this really cool opportunity that seems enticing and sexy and just you know would really like give us some momentum but we just have to take that that stoic seasoned approach mm-hmm. like what what's best for my people mm-hmm. and what's best for me and uh so i think there's a good a good thing about that where like it, maybe you're less flabbergasted at the thought of opening a second store you know like it's it's important to take time to feel that gratitude and celebrate that but it's kind of like when uh when you football players are interviewed after the nfc championship they're like all right take this night to celebrate but like we've got a lot of work ahead of us and nobody's gonna do the work besides me and like the we're, we're there's always next season even if you win the Super Bowl, so I just think that sense of focus brings you back down to earth. But it is important to celebrate it in the moment, or else you'll just never be happy and always yeah. just be you know nose to the ground. I think that's a good word, Ross. Good job. Good I job, Ross. feel like a lot of times in those moments, even. Um, when we when we launched our rebrand, that was another thing that was the biggest individual, like non build out project we've ever done in this company. And it that was another really big moment for me. Um yeah. because we just worked on that for so long and I think it really changed a lot of the trajectory of our company. And yeah, it's I think just so much of that year leading up to that and the year leading up to Dunwoody and the months leading up to Alpharetta and the months leading up to HQ, I was just so head down working. And it was Sam, because Sam, you know Sam, he's a romantic. Am I right? He's like, uh, he's like, what's it, what is it, what's it like? You know, like, do you realize that, you know, you're, 26 about to open your second cafe like that's such a huge accomplishment and i was like dude i have i have not thought of it like that at all you said what's 26 (laughs) i remember asking uh my old boss at nico's that same question like Mm. man what's it feel like that like this cafe is yours (laughs) i remember being in that exact same mind frame yeah uh and i'm not gonna lie like i it does feel amazing and it does feel different than if you just work for someone else. Yeah. And if I can go the rest of my life without working for anyone else, I absolutely will. Not everyone's built that way, though. True. A lot of people really should work for someone else. 
Yes, very true. But I have learned through this process that like if I'm if I'm with a good team, then like I, I definitely am not the one that wants to work for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does feel different to have your own space and your own cafe, and there's a lot of benefits that that affords you. But uh, at the end of the day, you still got to put your head down and work, and that brings you back down to earth in it. And I think that there's a, a healthy uh, relationship between the romantic feeling of gratitude in that moment and then putting your head down at work because that feeling of gratitude fuels your work and your work fuels that feeling because you're always building new things and accomplishing new things. So it's a beautiful thing we're doing here, boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. God is good to us. Yeah, there's a certain measure of peace too and just knowing like we are not super in control of this whole kit and caboodle on top of that because the thing that is the most sobering can also bring the most fear in that like especially with opening Dumbwoody I think I really related with what you were talking about of creating something for other people as well like Dunwoody was created for Dunwoody and also for us, but also for like Mikey and uh, now Savvy to execute and run and for uh, all these people to work there and like make their money and pay their bills and uh, sustain their families with the money they make there. So, you know, that night where we take all the covers off the windows and light pours in and then people start coming into this space that we worked well over a year on to like, and we were there by ourselves a lot of the time to have that filled with like a hundred people all like enjoying it. And then thinking, Oh my gosh, the next day this thing's just going to be filled with people like looking to get their coffee. Yep. I'm like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then that translates to money, which translates to these people having careers. And I'm like the whole time I'm just thinking like, boy, I hope this works. You know, I'm sure that's where Riley's head's at with here, but it always helps just being like, man, like, yeah, we're not in control of this and God set this up for us to, to steward, you know, we're going to put all of our, our thought and our wisdom into it. Uh, but yeah, that, that's been helping me the last probably few months for sure. But yeah, man, we've been through some stuff. Sorry, sorry to get a little nostalgic and emotional here, guys, but... I'm not sorry. Hey, I thought I was going to wait for one of you guys to say it, but I was really stirred that you guys were stirred by the panel discussion. I was really... Oh, yeah. I was touched that you guys really enjoyed that. You don't, you don't talk about that on here. All right, they cried. These two boys in front of 100 people, they cried. I teared up. No, they were like weeping on the ground. Dude, it's cool. It's cool to cry. It was so cool. It was just like... To watch all of these people, and I, I in in the crowd, you know, and I I don't know any of them. Well, I know some of them, but you know, there was a lot of new faces for we, dramatic effect. I don't know any of them, <laughs> and just to watch them watching you guys talk, I was just like, wow, like they are taking in such value. Loving it to be clear, yeah taking in such valuable 
and useful information and to be able to be a part of uh, a force that made that happen was it was just really fulfilling for mm-hmm. me and we've always talked about if i could just get candid how we think that uh the coffee industry has a lot of room to grow in the realm of guest experience mm-hmm. uh compared to other things you know maybe they're good at interior design or maybe they're good at at getting the right espresso machine or you know that kind of thing or or extracting coffee but in terms of hospitality and the magic of a good guest experience i think we've got some gains left on the table and so that's part of why we started a company because we're like okay the best w- be the change you want to see in the world to mm-hmm. quote gandhi hello we're throwing gandhi out here um but to not only try to be that with our everyday pursuit, but also to take a more direct approach to the industry. And I just love taking action instead mm-hmm. of just talking about it, you know, and I felt like we were able to take action with, with that night. And I, I don't expect the the whole in, industry to be transformed in one night, but I think there were seeds sown and, those seeds turn into mindsets, which turn into ways of life, which changes culture. Yeah. Which, which I don't know what's after that. Yeah. I was thinking it's as simple as like the, a bunch of people that have a really easy, easy option to like punt on their jobs every day and like not love what they do every day. Cause it's easier to do that. They got to talk. They got to listen to and ask questions to five people that really, really love what they do. Yeah. And if anybody gets like touched by that, that's a, that's a huge win. Mm. Speaking of, uh, huge wins. Yeah. <laughs> Will Guidara. Yeah, chapter let's, 14. Let's jump into this book, but let's, let's sell ourselves first here. We do this podcast every week and we give away free content to you because we love you. But if you want to thank us, you can order some coffee on our website. Or if you want to go another step further and you have a coffee company or you know someone that has a coffee company, we do wholesale. So we would love to sell you beans. We would love to have a relationship with you. And all you have to do is send an email to wholesale at valor.coffee to get your account set up. You'll get one-on-one time with Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Hours and hours. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, or, I mean, my favorite thing, the subscriptions. That is, a, that is your favorite thing. I love it. It's just like a You're way. You're subscribed to every one of them, aren't you? I'm a rhythms guy. Just just plug into the rhythms, like join the family, be a part mm-hmm. of it. and Yeah, you're on a five pound of miracle every year subscription, aren't you? <laughs> you know it, man. You know it. Got to give my Frisbee boys what they need. <laughs> Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Chapter 14, Restoring Balance. This whole time, um, the 11 Madison Park team has been on this upward trajectory of excellence. They're they're getting more focused. They're getting nittier and grittier Grittier. with the details. And he's like, we are we're so close to our four stars. We're 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 almost there. Um and I'm like, five? First off? Yeah. You don't do five? 
Don't ask questions. Don't ask know, questions. Just, All right, done. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really know where he was going with this, too, because he was talking. He was like, one of the quotes, he's like, uh, we were working all the time. I wasn't married, driven by the force of all the unreasonable goals we'd set out for ourselves and for the restaurant. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But then he's like, it, there was a sobering moment where uh, one of the morning chefs came in at like 11 p.m. and thought that they were two hours late for their opening shift, but they were just so confused and burnt out that they were actually 10 hours early for the morning shift. And he was, it was a, a moment where he was like, whoa, we are, we are like a nuclear reactor that is like starting to melt down. Like it was working and churning and creating all this energy. But uh, it was a, maybe there, it was their Icarus moment, if you will. Mm. Got a little too close to the sun. Um, and he says, we'd been focused, we'd been so focused on managing our the guest experience that we'd forgotten to manage our culture. We lost our balance and we needed to get it back. Do you guys feel that? in our company from time to time, there's the push for excellence and there's the push for culture. I feel like we've been in that rhythm for our whole existence. You know, you can only, oh, yeah. you can only push and focus on so many things at a time that you like start to push it. And then you get to this point where it's like, Oh, time to work on this part of the thing. Oh, time to work on this part of the thing. Um, but this, this spoke volumes to me. Um, yeah. And then, so my favorite thing that he said, I think it was the only, you know, cause I put stuff in bold oh, lettering. Yeah. The only bold lettering, this whole chapter was do less and do it well. I feel like that's a mantra we've taken many times when it, it comes to being a coffee shop. Um, and you can, I feel like if you see coffee shops opening, there's so many that are like coffee in this coffee in this. Uh, coffee and waffles, coffee and eggs, coffee and biscuits. And um, people always feel like they need to build off of the coffee. And obviously we do coffee and pastries, but it's kind of this battle of like, what are you actually choosing to focus on so that you can do it so excellently? Um, you remember when the kind of the joke in the industry was like, this is, this is bad. And if you're in this situation, it's not something to joke about. And but here it goes. But here it goes. Uh, it was like, oh, uh, blank coffee shop is about to launch a dinner program. I guess things aren't going very well. Oh, that, yeah, I remember stuff like that. Or like, you know, you just like open longer. Yeah. You're like, let's just stay open until 10 and let's serve beer and we can serve wine. We won't start a dinner program because things aren't going well, okay? If we start a dinner program... because things are going great. Rake us over the coals. It's not a cry for help. <laughs> or is it? You know, this could be a good time for that. Um, he goes on to talk about, like, finding your oxygen, you know, the thing that yep. resets you. Have you guys thought about that personally? Do you have things in your lives, rhythms, that's like, if I just get to do this thing, I feel rejuvenated. I can, like, get back to work in a better state than if I hadn't done this? Two things come to mind. Okay. One is... After lunch gum. <laughs> actually, three things. <laughs> I, I, I think... Uh, I'll be quick on this. 
when I play gigs on the weekends, it's tiring, but it's it's a good outlet for me. Like even if it's even if I have to like drive through the night and like I'm you know I'm gone all day and whatever. Like there's something about flexing a different muscle, and then also I talked about not being the boss earlier. I'm not the boss on that gig. I'm just kind of yeah. carted around, yeah. you know, and just I just I don't have a care in the world. All I have to do is, uh, you know, look pretty, look pretty, and play guitar. And check I'm like, and you're doing good on one of those things. <laughs> uh, and all, and I'm just like, hey, what time do we have to do this thing? And they're like, oh, in four hours. I'm like, all right, great. I'll just sit here. Uh, that kind of resets me a little bit. Another thing is just a good a good car ride into work. Ooh. Uh, I uh, it's because of how awesome my car is. It's a Prius, dude. So just that experience, you, you know, just watch the like consumption, like yeah. Kind of he's, he's not even looking at the road. It man. stresses me out a little bit when I do that. Uh, but you know, l- getting some good time alone in my busy life, you know. Uh, I have a long commute. It's so it's like minimum forty minutes, maximum an hour. Um, that if I'm intentional about that time, it really resets me in a in a little way that I can like I'm ready to go into work and and be the best version of myself. And another one is just a good night with my family and my wife. You know, mm-hmm. just like making dinner at home, talking simple, simple. Uh, night. That that that's what kind of is oxygen for me. What about you, Riley? Well, I'm a simple man myself, Ross. Both of us? Yeah. How about that? Huh. And I, you know, I think these questions are important to ask, and it's always important to uh, go in the direction of a more healthy lifestyle. I say that, and now I'm going to say I want to know what my dad's response would be to the question, like. <laughs> You know, what What gives you oxygen in life? Because I think he just, his thing is like, I'm going to work and provide for my family, and I'm going to come home and rest while I'm at home. And I think there's something to that. Just like, I think a lot of times people overthink rest. It's easy. It's not yeah. that hard. I, I'm just like, if I'm at home, and it's like pretty much resting. It used to just always be like, if I was at home, I'm resting. Now I have a kid, so that becomes a little bit less restful yeah but at the same time like how can i not be filled up and have joy sometimes it's hard and i'm not gonna say it's not but how can i not be excited to just like lay on the ground and my kids just like throwing stuff at me you know i think that's perspective though yeah it's it's all about perspective boys interesting hear me out here i I know you've never heard this before but it's true you can either view your kid and your family as like a liability or an asset. Mm. And they get viewed as both. Thanks for being clear. Thanks for using business terms. Yeah, well, we're at work. So Some, huh. sometimes I do not have the energy to deal with it. Yeah. And I think we, we're all there. And, but you have to. And that's, that's where that's your, um, your liability, if you will. <laughs> well, that's even that is good for you, though. Like yeah. when, you, when you don't, when you're in that place where you feel like you have nothing to give. And, but you have no choice. Sure, that doesn't feel like tempor- temporarily pr- pleasurable in the moment, but in the big picture of like developing who you are, that's that's probably like better for you than when you feel good because mm. oh, you're like gosh. stepping up to the plate and your responsibility 
and you're doing something that like you were literally created to do and like what could be better than that and that sustains you to have the the better easier moments it's mm. counting it all joy my brother my yeah. other thing is like my <laughs> sisters live right beside me so typical saturday would be we dirt all just bikes. maybe maybe some dirt bikes uh we might just hang out go to the pool hit some golf balls around the front yard <whistles> play some can jam oh and be careful with your hands. Jude's just like <laughs> crawling around with his cousins. It's fun. You're just like holding up a big thumbs up the whole time. You're just like, yeah, y'all guys are huge awesome. thumbs up. American flag waving behind me. Fireworks. I've got a picture of that every weekend. Yeah, flying. How about you, Ethan? Dude, two things: ultimate frisbee. <laughs> ah, I'm joking, guys. I'm but joking. for real. <laughs> just getting out, getting active, getting competitive oh, yeah. with some dudes. Oh, my gosh. Even uh, we got to celebrate one of Ross's uh, little little one's B-days. Got to gather around, get some get some <sighs> people so together, fun. throw the pigskin. Multi-generational pigskin. Woo! Talk about living, baby. Just like handing it off to the little ones, let them run around, run you over. Anytime Rob and Mitch are involved, too. Come on. Guys, Rob tore his ACL. No. Yeah. Oh my god. He did. He did. I hope that's okay that I'm saying that right now. Sorry, oh, Rob. No. But yeah, you guys He walked it off like a champ I then. Know. He didn't even cry. He cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we were playing football in my backyard and one of the guys who will remain anonymous except for his name, <laughs> uh he, you know, it's just the classic thing of like we're all playing football and I'm sure like my wife is over there being like, somebody's about to get hurt. And then we're all like, no, you know, it's fine. And then sure enough, one jump the, ball, jump ball. Who threw that ball? Was it you? It was you, <laughs> wasn't it? I told you to let me be quarterback. Yeah. Come, <laughs> came, came down weird. Just tore a quick ACL. You know, oh, gone, man. Got to get surgery. He's got to get is, surgery. That is insane. We, oh, man. In a game of backyard football. It's not funny. Community's messy. It is not funny. It's terrible, but it's worth it. It might be funny in six years or something. He is such a champ. Yeah. So, yeah. Get, you know, get him on the phone. But anyways, dude, you were talking yeah. about football. Yeah, getting out, getting active. Um, time with family is amazing. I uh, love what you guys all said about that. Dude, I also... You're a simple man? I'm, well, I'm a simpleton. Three okay. simpletons. I, see. Uh, I, w- I was thinking about this while I was reading it. Was, the first thing that came to my mind, <laughs> weirdly enough, I just love getting my, my house in order, you know? Mm. So doing a little lawn work, getting ahead on the laundry. Just when things are optimized and organized at home, and then you can just like sit down... I know it's not. This is an expression, but sit down like kind of guilt free, and just be like, "It's a good feeling." Ah, clear, clear minded, clear mindedness. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. That that is really fun. So physical clutter is mental clutter. You Dude. got any other yeah, one liners? Keep them coming, baby. Uh, all, yeah, yeah. And health so is wealth. health is well. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think you know for anyone that's able to get a couple of days off of work usually trying to dedicate one of those to 
getting it all done and then organizing the home and then just trying to really rest, read, play some music, quality time, all that stuff. Um, it's awesome. Mm. It's my O2 right there. We've just been so like chatty today. Boys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, so wow. the, the book, let's see. They did a couple cool things. So I love I think it all kind of comes together when you talk about um, when they were doing excellence and they were improving, they like were creating hand signals to innovate their problems. Right. Right. And then they ended up when they talked about managing their culture, they made up a new signal that was like uh, a call for help. And apparently it has transitioned into like an industry nationwide term mm. or like a signal where you like look at your superior and you touch your lapel. That's like the, I need help. That feels familiar. I feel like I may have seen that before. Yeah. So anyway, so then he gets into like how being able to ask for help is a display of strength and confidence. Love that. And then they're like, once we were able to put that same mindset of excellence and innovation into our culture, that is what put us on the launching pad to go from here to here. Yeah. Three to four stars. Chapter 14. It was kind of short. So, boom. Beautiful boom. stuff. Well, that brings us to the meat and potatoes. And this topic was spurred on by something very real happening in our lives. That's buddy. right. And something very exciting. And it's that we hired an administrative assistant. Can I, can I give the, the preamble to it? Yeah. So every time, not every time, a lot of the times that I'm working at home, my wife is like, what are you doing? Like, just out of curiosity. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm doing an invoice or I'm, I'm replying to an email or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just doing whatever administrative kind of work. Another thing that happens, I'm not that good at scheduling myself. Oops. Uh, and another thing that happens, I uh, often don't have time to work on the things that I feel I should really work on. So all those things together. Working on the business. Yeah, working in the business versus on the business. And all of that has kind of led to a, a bit of a breaking point where we have just realized that we need more help. Uh, and we've also realized that our skills can be used more effectively as, as the three of us, three owners. Um, and, and so my wife has always been like, you should just hire me. Like I could, I can do all that for you. Like half yeah. joking, but like also serious. And I'm always just like, uh, you know, like it wouldn't work for this reason, that reason. Uh, and we just kind of were talking about it and thinking about it more. And then we, we were like, man, maybe my wife would be a good fit to be our assistant. Dun, dun, and it's such a funny thing because it's we've had so many conversations over the years about hiring our wives right? Because we know they're all great. Uh, and, and they, the, also the funny thing about it is just because they're great doesn't mean that they would be a good fit in our company. Something we tell everyone that interviews at Valor. Exactly. That, that philosophy applies to everyone. And it also doesn't mean that like they could, like, for example, 
my wife has been a stay at home mom and she would, the, the babysitter that she, that we would be paying to watch the kids would make more than her working behind the bar. And so, uh, there's just all these factors of, of hiring your spouse. Um, but we finally did it and, uh, she's going to start Thursday on this whole assistant thing. Um, and we could go into like all that's what that's going to do to for us and to us. But, uh, I think the bigger, bigger topic is there's a lot of coffee companies out there that are ran by a husband and a wife. And, uh, I, I want to just interview those people one day, whoever they are, just to talk about the dynamic between those two people. But tell me this, what was like the, the earliest thought you can remember of us thinking about working with our spouses in valor in the beginning? It's kind of easy to forget, but when we first started, it was a little kind of more of a, a family affair. Yeah. And we, I think pretty quickly straight away from that and kind of like didn't talk about it too much, which maybe got us in trouble here and there. Yeah. Um, but just because of lack of communication. Hey, it's always good to communicate in marriage. I've Write heard, that down. I've heard that. Yeah. Write that down. And so I think the earliest meetings of Valor pre-Ethan oh, man. were me, Ross, Rachel, and Michaela. Sitting around my mom's dining table. That's right. And just kind of hashing it out. And I think that is totally natural, you yeah. know, because, I mean, honestly, we, we probably didn't have a very good eye for some things that we were talking about, like designing stuff yeah. and all that. So I think that's where our our very um, affluent gals came in to help. And that's, you know, that was kind of our our idea for it. They didn't know too much about coffee. We knew about coffee. And from there, it was kind of like that for a little while. For context, and, we were 20 or 19 at yeah, the time. Yeah, 18, 19. And uh, then when Ethan kind of started to come around and start really like forcing his way in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bulldozer. I don't know at what point the the tides shifted. I think there was a minute where Meredith had the Instagram password as well in the wow. midst of that. I don't know if we ever sat down the five of us or the six of us. I don't think so. I don't like to have like a business meeting. I don't think so. Yeah. I just remember like early on, it was such a touchy topic for mm. us. Like every time we would talk about wife involvement, it was always like walking on eggshells. And I think a lot of that was just maturity and for sure lack of experience. Well, let's be clear too. We weren't just talking about wives for a while. Girlfriends. It was girlfriends and fiancés. Yeah. Yeah. For it's true. true. It probably wasn't until a full year and a half later that me and Meredith were married. Yeah. That's probably makes it even spicier. Yeah. And so because it was such a t touchy topic, I think the unspoken conclusion was like, let's just stay away from this because we mm. can't even like really talk about it in a very objective, helpful way. But then it started hitting reality when 
Valor was an actual like event cart. Yeah. And we all had to have our own jobs plus running events. And so the logistics of how do you get two to three people at an event and not pay them and not pay them <laughs> and still make money at your other job, whether that be managing Chrome yellow. Yeah. And the only people you can't pay are yourselves and your spouse. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I was like, maybe we should try this out. And I, so that was probably the, the first entry was we had uh, wives and fiancés help with events. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think they all did at some point. Yep. Yeah, and with that, and I, I think, again, maturity thing and kind of we're all still growing. We're also early business because you think about us and our communication with between the three of us whenever we were still catering a lot of events at the beginning. Like, we didn't know how to talk to each other. No. We were just married. I didn't know how to talk to my freaking wife. I didn't know how to talk to Ross's wife. Like, yeah, especially with a bunch of people like, like me and Rachel have gone to school together since kindergarten. Yeah. And like she, and that was a, a part of it. And literally even a part of the conversation that we had with hiring her just now is like, I'm viewed as her peer and yeah. that makes total sense. And so it was a matter of like, how can we, I mean, I'm not like shouting out commands at a catered event or anything like that, but just like being able to really put up a professional barrier and whether or not that works. It's the same exact conversation you have about hiring a friend. Mm-hmm. We had that conversation with Sam when we hired him. When we sat him down and we said, hey, buddy. He loves to be called buddy. Oh, my gosh. It's weird. Um, <laughs> you have known us for a long time. And we need to know if you, if we hire you, is this going to be weird for you whenever we call you on your crap? Yeah. Or is it going to be a like too new of a thing that you are kind of unable to handle. And he was like, no, nah, I'm good. It's been good. It's been good. It's yeah. been good. Another funny thing, specifically uh, from where I sit, being Rachel's husband, is that I know the worst parts about her better than anyone. And I know the best parts about her better than anyone. And you compare that to hiring someone else that you don't know you know like when you interview someone that you don't know you're trying to figure out who they are yeah what the best and worst parts are about them and if they're willing to grow and and all this stuff and that's a lot different than knowing your wife like and and considering hiring her uh because whenever i think about like hmm, what could go wrong here because that's a good question to ask yourself uh, I just like, I can't help but think about like the worst parts about her mm-hmm. and, uh, and the worst parts of the people you've already worked with clashing with the worst parts of her. Well, you're like, absolutely. Riley and Rachel got into an argument one time in 2014 about this. Is yeah. that going to come up again? Is that going to come up? Well, it's like, you know, like Rachel and you have like always just been sassy to each other. And then like, I just, you can't help but factor that in to the whole thing. And I think what the, the, a few, few resolutions there in my mind is, is that one, my wife has grown and matured so much. I'm always so impressed by that. 
So there's that. And then there's also like you have to give somebody some grace because there's like personal life and then there's professional life. And it, it's, it stands to reason that you would kind of act more professional when you're on your professional side. For sure. And you can't expect that. Like I, like I can't expect Rachel to act the way she does and did, you know, at, at the house the same way that she would on a Zoom call or like talking with a client or like, you know, whatever all of that is. Um, but I, I don't think I really understood that, uh, you know, until a couple of years ago. So it's it's cool to have had that idea germinate into my mind at like walking into this next season. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's a, another funny side of it is the role that they're in, you know, um, because I listen. I'm just going to be straight up with it. I don't think I could work with my wife or Rachel behind the bar. Like, I don't think that our, like, you know, our specific, because of our history together, because of, like, those sorts of things, um, I don't know how that, especially, and then, like, like relatively high level of stress, like, kind of coming at, at me, and then you kind of, like, I would feel like I would break down into, like, a less professional, and then, like, be talking to them as if this wasn't the workplace. You also don't work behind the bar, so... Yeah. Part of that makes sense. But hear me say that. Um, Heard. Whereas I am like very confident I could work with like Rachel in her role that she's doing. And I am very confident I can work with Michaela, like with her doing design work. It's just a matter of, like you said, like keeping up those safeguards. And that's, that's the funny thing. Like, you know, Michaela worked on Valor's rebrand. And anytime we were in like a group setting, it was like I felt like I was very easily just I talking to Michaela and Ariel and Elijah, like all the exact same way. But even yesterday, like Michaela was working on some design stuff for Valor. And I feel like I was, you know, not doing that. I was talking to her like she was my wife. Yeah. Which should be better than the professional thing, but let's be real. I'm not perfect. Mm. And so I was just like a little bit more like sharp and pointed and just like quick with what I was saying. Uh-huh. And I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> I'm at home. It's 3.52 p.m. And I, she's working on Valor stuff and I need to be like a good leader. And then I had to think about it a lot. And... That's just something I always want to get better at. Mm. I feel that, man. I feel that. We've been talking more about what her role is going to look like at home. And I've had the same thoughts, like just talking to her like a, a gracious business leader, which I am <laughs> or strive to be. Uh, and, it, you know, I, I get what you mean about the, the husband side of things. It's, it's not like I'm like yelling at her at home or something, but you just talk differently than you would to an employee. Yeah. Um, Especially, but, but you might be telling her to do something too. Sure. So it's like that combo that is dangerous. Yeah. I think. So what advice would you guys have like for, for a husband and wife that are starting a coffee company, you know, like they, they've got this dream to start something, uh, 
what are, what are just some general things that you would tell them to be thinking about? I'm like, read a book. <laughs> I don't know. You got any book recommendations that would help with this? Like five dysfunctions of a team is a good one. Well, th- here's the thing. I think it's, it's all really just the same stuff that we would talk about. Yeah. We meeting me and you guys. Uh, it's setting expectations. When you don't meet those expectations, how do we resolve it? It's just like an operating agreement, but between a husband and a wife, which is just funny. Yeah, I was thinking something along the lines of creating rules to the game. Yeah. Creating vocabulary for the game and uh, managing expectations while also um, trying to create space, almost like a health check. You know, I feel like you, you probably push for a little bit and you have to stop and be like, how's everything? Yeah, checking in. Because what's so tough is that I think you hear about a lot of people that like go years running a business with their partner and then it, yeah, either the business cuts or the relationship's done. And it's usually because it's just like built up of like, this person was just doing this the whole time. It was like, they wanted to take the company in this direction. They wanted this, but that, I mean, that's just the weight of it. Right. It's like, we, and this, we have a falling out. It sucks. I'm not, gonna get divorced yeah (laughs) but when you have it tied to company and marriage that's a biggie so i think taking the time to really go slow in the beginning of being like what do we want out of this how can we stay on the same page about this how can we create rhythms to check our progress speak into each other do we want to kind of like conveniently how we ended up all falling into roles that we enjoy in this company how does how do we project our roles in this company being different or similar? Um, probably like you just have to probably the more awkward, hard conversations you can get out of the way earlier on, the better off you'll be in the future. And that's the basis for any good relationship at all is if you can even have hard conversations. Yeah, I think that was like one of the hurdles in our marriage early on that I feel we've really grown in is every time we would go to talk about something that was getting at one of us, we didn't have the ability to get through that conversation that led to a good outcome. Cause we, you know, one of us always would either like blow up or check out or misunderstand or get it, get offended or whatever that is. But being able to have feedback with one another and assume the best of each other and, not be offended and and not nitpick what someone else is saying, which that that's just any good relationship. And then certainly in a marriage, but that just translates and is magnified in a business. Mm-hmm. Another random thing is to make your marriage in your relationship sacred uh, to where you don't just talk about work all the time. That That's probably obvious, but, uh, and I, and I think it's fine if, if, if I'm, I'm imagining myself starting a, a business with Rachel, we would talk about the business more than we, I do now with her. And I think that's okay. But having sacred times together, whether it's a date or whether that's a time where you're just like, okay, we're not going to talk about anything work related that way. 
your whole relationship doesn't become work because if your whole relationship is work, then how your relationship is going will depend on how work is going, mm-hmm. which you probably didn't say that in your vows. <laughs> like that's not really what, what a relationship is built upon. So having that sacred time to remember that like, Hey, cause we're, we are talking about romantic relationships here. So, Hey, we're remember like we're in love and like, you know, we're like crazy about each other and, and we love just being together and spending time together. And we are like romantic together. I think if you sacrifice that part of the relationship, then I think the whole thing kind of blows up. Do you have something? You want me to come up with something? No, no, no. I was going to start talking, but sorry. I got you guys weird. are weird. <laughs> I got weird. I got weird. Um, a sub point of that that I was just thinking about was um, like my wife is such a safe place for me to bring work to, you know, when I want to process or like share. But if she is a part of the work as well, ensuring that you have someone else in your life that's not a part of your work that you can like process and share your work yeah. experience and struggles and victories with because you, I feel like you just need that objective third party because it's so yeah. easy to get in the weeds. I can just imagine being married, starting a business, then you're friends with everybody in the business because that's your whole life. And so everything you do is involved and there's so many beautiful things to that. Oh yeah. But one of the probably the most difficult is like how much you get into a bubble and everything's like an echo chamber. Yeah. And having an outlet for that to for someone to criticize or counsel or speak into is clutch to put it uh, succinctly. One last thought is uh, I've noted I've never articulated this thought before but I've noticed it a lot. Uh, in working with friends or working with your spouse, you know how people will say like, Hey, I'm, I'm putting on my friend hat right now. Like I, this is me talking to you as a friend versus this is me talking to you as your employee or as your boss. I, I think that's funny and interesting, but I think it works. Uh, I, cause man, I'm glad you said you liked it. Cause I do that all the time. <laughs> no, I, I think a lot of people around me do it. And it's, I think it's, it's valuable and effective because whenever you talk to someone as a friend, you can be more raw and you can, everything's off the record, right? (laughs) You just hide things from everyone. That's what it means. Uh, not really. That was a joke. Um, but you're, you're able to process if if you're an external processor, you can be like, man, I've got this thing that I don't really know what I think about it, but like, here's the raw thoughts of it. Whereas, uh, you could do that with your boss, but it could be seen as unprofessional, I guess, depending on what what you're talking about. Um, but I think that would be really valuable in a marriage too, or in a relationship. Like uh, yeah. if you're if you're starting something with them or going into business together, having that those compartmentalized different modes. I think there's something about that that's effective, even though I can't like fully explain why. Yeah. Yeah, man, that that touches on a new thing of like navigating uh, nuance, navigating <laughs> dynamics in work as it relates to like the boundaries that other people have 
with your partner, like your wife or your husband, because like a small version of that is like if I'm friends with someone at work and everybody knows that I'm friends with them and I'm not as close with other people, it's really easy to assume bias, preference, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, so creating systems and ways, open spaces for people to be able to speak into that and like ask questions is huge. Because I talk about the hats. I mean, there's seasons where I've worn friend, um, like where you're part of the same like spiritual community yeah. hat, landlord, boss. It's uh-huh. just like that's some layers. All right. And I mean, I am so thankful that it hasn't really totally torched me. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot of care and a lot of like forethought. But the fruit, the fruit's awesome. Fruit's awesome. But yeah, thinking about like just you can't be goofy all the time. <laughs> there is something to say about how our wives have worked for us in roles that you couldn't really like try to point out nepotism. It's kind of like one of one. Yeah. It's like, uh, how, how could we show preferential treatment to our one administrative assistant? Yeah. Or one graphic designer. Cause it would be compared to who? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so we're good. So yeah, nothing to worry <laughs> we about. We can pay him whatever we want. We can say whatever we want. Uh, but there is, I don't know, maybe Your personal assistance making seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> well, yeah. that sounds like kind of normal. Honestly. Yeah, I was about to say seven hundred, <laughs> seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Uh, maybe. Oh, that's sad. So I don't know. I, I don't know. This might be an entirely different conversation if it was like we were hiring Meredith for behind the bar. Yeah, which we thought about. You know, yeah, I mean, we, I don't even remember how that concluded. Was it we shouldn't do this because she's your wife? Was that the I think we asked around. We like invited people on the floor on the pit crew to be like, "Is this something?" And I think and there were some mixed reviews, and we just decided like, "Let's try not to do this," even though it might be cool. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But the funny thing, I know we're we're wrapping up soon, but I always thought that Rachel would work for us eventually, but I was like, you know, like, just babe, wait wait until the company gets bigger so that you can work as far away as possible from me and the boys. And now, and now no she's, there will be no one closer in the company, but it like, it feels good though to me and which I, I know we all feel good about cause we all like approved of it. Right guys. But, um, that's a funny thought. Physically she'll be further away for than for some. Yeah. That's a good yeah, point. That's true. Uh, I, I think we can also say this. Just realistically, we were like, let's just try this for a couple months. Oh yeah, and see what happens. Um, and if we have to cut ties, then we swear there will be no hard feelings. If this is just too weird, if this is yeah. like for some reason not working, and we won't all hate each other. So we we'll, promise we'll check back with you with the listeners of whether we all hate yeah. each other at, at the end of the two months. Two months from now, I'm just waiting for us to have one of those really funny like apology videos. You're like, we're sorry videos this could be our next one if it doesn't yeah what, what, what do you mean what? you know how like youtubers do stuff like stupid stuff it's and like get, the thumbnail is like like, not, <laughs> like, they're like or they're I'm like sorry i'm so sorry like but that. really it's about nothing 
Well, it's just because they like bait. ran someone over with their car during a prank video. And oh, he like, okay. but it's fine, dude. They were nothing. Like the, like the police said, that's like, a they joke were from nobody. a show. Yeah, Everyone, don't be mad at me. We believe in human dignity and value. All right, I am done with this crap, guys. Okay, me too. Uh, this is boring. I'm bored. <laughs> also, same show. Thank you for watching. Ross, point at the camera. We love you, dude. Ross, come over here, man. You can you Thanks can get up room. too if you want to. Oh. We just want to say that we're honored that you listened to this show, and we hope that you will be back next week. We release these shows every Thursday at 6 a.m., and yeah, how about that? On schedule. For those commuters. Oh, yeah. So like, subscribe, comment, share with your friends, review, do all the things, uh, and help us get this out to the whole world. I, I don't see why a, a podcast about specialty coffee can't be within the top five ranking podcasts in the world, right? I don't see any reason. Yeah, I, it seems like a good bet to me. Love you. Wait, uh, Colson, thank you for watching. You didn't, get a, you didn't get a shout out this episode, so. <laughs> I'm cutting that part out after I said love you. Anybody you want to 